Hello, and welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are a faith-filled, family-focused church located in Lakeville, Minnesota. In a moment, you will hear a sermon from one of our pastors. We hope that you enjoy and grow closer to God through these messages. And now, for a message from our lead pastor, Derek Ross. Amen. Well, good morning. That video was just as short this service as it was in the first service. <laughs> Caught me off guard. I knew it was quick. Anyway, well, good morning. It's great to see you. My name is Derek, and I'm the lead pastor here at Celebration, and I'm back preaching again. I'd like to thank Pastor Vicente and Pastor Dan for the last two weeks and uh, closing out our missions month. But uh, here we go. We're beginning Christmas here today, and so uh, I'm excited to be preaching the rest of the year and starting next year and a lot of weeks. So if you don't like me preaching... Too bad, I'm still doing it. But uh, if you do, here we go, we're ready to roll. As I mentioned, I don't know, a week or two ago, maybe three weeks ago now, we had a kind of two month year end missions goal on top of our normal you know, missionary giving and, and Convo of Hope and different partners, right, that we're giving to local partners, that kind of stuff, of $50,000. And just kind of wanted to give you an update where we stood on that halfway through that two-month deal. So we got one month left, $50,000 goal. If we add up the additional monies for Kingdom Builders, Speed the Light, Youth, Kazakhstan, and the uh, kids, we're at $24,487.14. So that's very specific and puts us right on track for that halfway. So I just wanted to give you that update. Of course, like I said, that's in addition to all of our normal giving as well. So uh, we thank God for that and thank you for just praying about uh, your opportunity to be part of that. So we're starting Christmas at Celebration. I'll admit it's going to be a little bit of a different style message to begin a Christmas series, but we do have an Advent wreath. Now, if you grew up in a more liturgical church, some of you are like, I don't know what that word means. Did you grow up Catholic or Lutheran? then you might be more familiar with this. If you did not grow up Catholic or Lutheran, you might think this belongs on your front door. That's a different style wreath. We have that at our house as well. But this is an Advent wreath. And so uh, we know people in our church, some grew up Catholic and Lutheran, some grew up no church at all. Some grew up in a different country, some grew up in different parts of our country. So whatever you grew up, we're going to kind of do this together. Advent really just means coming. We, this is a reminder of looking forward to the coming Messiah, but we know Jesus has already come. Therefore, it helps us remember that he's coming again. Amen. So th- this is what we have. Now, I want to remind you that there's no passage in scripture that tells us how to do the Advent wreath candles. Some of you are like, what? There's not. No, it's actually not in the Bible. And that's okay. Somebody say that's okay. There's a number of things that we do at Christmas that we don't have chapter and verse for. They're just a tradition that we have. And it's okay to have traditions. How many people grew up you would get to open at least one gift on Christmas Eve? That might be your tradition. How many people it was very strict? Nothing until the day of Jesus' birth. (laughs) Surprise, he actually wasn't born on December 25th. That's just your tradition as well. How how many people have a nativity scene set somewhere at your house? It could be Fisher Price. It could be, you know, Carter. Oh, here's another one. How many people have one that has like three wise men showing up at the stable? I hate to tell you this, but that's not really that accurate. Most of those have like a wooden stable. More likely that it was a stone cave. 
Some of you, your world is just messed up right now. I'm not done. And also, biblically speaking, the wise men, the magi, we're not even sure that there was three, showed up probably two years later. Which makes it all the more incredible that they gave gold, frankincense, and myrrh to a toddler. Now, don't go home. You don't have to, like, rip apart part of your, uh, you know, uh, nativity scene. Some of you are getting out a big saw, just cutting it off. It's, like, it's okay. It's just a tradition. We, Jesus probably wasn't born on December 25th, but we're just going with it. So, this Advent wreath, it's a tradition. It's a man-made tradition, uh, and it's okay. Traditionally, you see here the white candle, we say for last. That candle represents Jesus. Then there's three purple, one white. We've got the joy candle, but then you've got hope, peace, and love. Now, if you think about it, normally you would have four services the four weeks before, and then the Jesus candle you light on Christmas Eve. But as we've already mentioned, Christmas Eve is on a Sunday this year, and so we're celebrating Christmas Eve on Sunday morning, which puts me in a predicament because I only have four messages and five candles. And that messes with people like me. Pastor Vicente told me that uh, they never do it correctly in Espanol. <laughs> That's the way he said it, actually. He said, we always light the Jesus candle first. I'm like, you can't do that. He's like, our people don't know any different. It's fine. <laughs> and I said, I like that idea, Pastor Vicente. So what I'm going to do today is follow our Espanol congregation and I'm going to light the Jesus candle first. And you've already told me that's okay. Some of you are like, I didn't say it. I know you're Lutheran. You grew up not saying anything. But we're lighting the Jesus candle first. And I will also light the second candle, you can see, which stands for hope. That's gonna be our first message here today. But the more I thought about it, maybe Celebration Espanol's onto something. That we don't have to wait until Christmas Eve to think about the coming Messiah, maybe, and especially this year. Next year, I might go back and do it the other way. It depends on how many Sundays I have. But this year, I believe our focus is this. Because of Jesus we have each of the other things that were promised in scripture. So yes, today's gonna be hope, but it's not hope in itself. It's not hope because we're just thinking everything's gonna get better on its own. It's only because of Jesus that we have hope, amen? So I'm also gonna light the hope candle, which we're gonna be in the book of Isaiah chapter nine for the whole month. Whether you come just on Sundays, if you come on Wednesdays, we're gonna talk more from Isaiah chapter nine. If you're at the seniors banquet this Thursday night, spoiler alert, I'm gonna talk from Isaiah chapter nine. Like this is the text for the month at celebration and we're going to lean in together. But it's always and only because of Jesus, amen that we have hope. All right, if you have a Bible, you can turn to Isaiah chapter nine. If you're able, would you stand to your feet and let's read the word together. Again, it's gonna be our text every week. Isaiah chapter nine, verses two to seven. Each week, I will have a different theme verse from this passage. Today, it's the first verse. That makes sense. Isaiah chapter nine, verse two. Let's read uh, four of them for context. The Bible reads like this. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. <laughs> that verse was for Minnesota. The people living in darkness at 445. 
America wasn't in the Bible, but Minnesota was. <laughs> All right, back to the real Bible. That was a joke. It's not in there. If you're new, we believe church can be enjoyed, not just endured. It's okay to laugh. You don't have to give in a second offering. You can enjoy yourself here today. Verse 3. You've enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. That'll be our verse on joy. Verse number six, for unto us a child is born and to us a son is given and the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. When you come on Wednesdays, we're gonna be looking at those names in a little bit more depth. Verse seven, of the greatness of his government and peace. This will be our verse for peace. There will be no end. He'll reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. We're talking about hope this morning. Because of Jesus, we have hope. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time that we've been given to lift high the mighty name of Jesus. We ask, Holy Spirit, give us ears to hear what you're saying. Help nobody leave the same, but everybody leave different, more like you, Lord Jesus. And it's in your name that we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen. You may be seated. Well, I believe one light can make a huge difference, especially when it's dark. Without show of hands, how many people have ever gotten up in the middle of the night for a various reason? Maybe when you were younger, it was a crying kid. Maybe you were hungry. And if you're north of 40 like myself, maybe it's for another reason. <laughs> Go to the bathroom, whatever it is. If you've gotten up in the middle of the night, how many people while you're walking to the bathroom or whatever reason have like stepped on a dog bone that your dog left in the middle of the walkway or Noah, a Lego. And like in a moment, you know, there's that verse that says, blessings and cursings ought not be out of the same mouth, but you know, whatever your testimony is, right? Like you're just like, why in the world? I don't understand why our dog Monroe has a supernatural gift. I'm not saying it's from the Lord, but it is supernatural. <laughs> to put his stuff in the walkway. He's got all this room, take it to the corner, and he leaves the bone right in my way. And it's only though I stub my toe and I experience pain, but it's only because it was in the darkness. If I had turned the light on, my wife would get mad at me, but if I had turned the light on, I would not have stumbled on the bone. I would have stepped over it and I wouldn't have had that pain. Could I submit to you this morning that I believe our world has also been stumbling around in the darkness? That because we've lacked the light of Christ, we general, we universal, have lacked the light of Christ, our society has been stubbing our toe repeatedly. See, we've debated what a woman is. We've legislated sex changes and hormone therapy for our children. I told you this is like the weirdest beginning to a Christmas series I've ever preached in my life. <laughs> We've obfuscated the truth so much that we're now ruled by emotions and opinions instead of facts and reality. And collectively, we've been stubbing our toe as those who've wandered in darkness. But because of Jesus, we now have hope. As I've talked with so many in the church 
and outside of it, it seems like many people are struggling or stumbling without hope. And today, I pray as I show you three things from scripture that I believe because of Jesus, we now have hope for. And not like hope on a wishing star, I wish I may, I wish I might, you know, first star I see tonight. Not that kind of hope, but a confident assurance that because of Jesus, we have hope. There's three different areas that I believe we now have hope for in Jesus. Number one, we have hope for inner healing. This is what it says in Ephesians chapter four, verses 22 to 24. You were taught with regard to the former way of life, put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires and be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. If you wonder why we've been stumbling around in darkness, it's because we're not living with true righteousness and holiness. We're wandering in the darkness. Inner healing has to do with your soul. Now, I'll admit I've grown up in church. I've always been a little confused at the difference between soul and spirit. Soul really has to do with your mind or your heart, your thoughts, your feelings, your emotions. But, but in your spirit is that which will live forever. I'll get to that point number three. Well, let me just fill in the blanks for you right now. Number one, hope for inner healing. Point number two, hope for physical healing. Point number three, hope for eternal salvation. I would have called it spirit healing, but then that would have sounded weird. So I went with eternal salvation. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna pray in a few minutes when I teach on physical healing for your physical healing. If you're here, there's a need or maybe a family member you wanna stand in the gap, we're gonna pray. Eternal salvation, we'll explain that, how you can be forgiven of your sins and we're gonna pray that, and you'll be saved in a moment. But, but let me talk about inner healing for a moment. It's weird because in English, we say we love pizza and we love our spouse and it's not really the same love. We, we say this is inner healing is for your soul, but then we say, you know, how many souls were saved? And it's like, what are we, a soul of the shoe or soul of my emotions or soul that will live forever? But that's really spirit. So I don't know if you've grown up confused in church or not with me. I'm just saying I wasn't always that sure. So let me explain what some other people have helped me give words to that your soul, the inner healing that you need has to do with your heart, your mind, your thoughts, your emotions, right? So this uh, writer says it's about your heart, your mind, your will and your imagination. It includes your thoughts, your desires, your passions, and your dreams. It has to do with your inner life and your own experience in relation to your own experience. But your spirit, that's what we'll talk about when Jesus forgives us of our sin, our spirit that will live forever, has to do with our relationship with God. It has to do with our faith, our hope, and our love for him. So again, in my quick estimation, our soul is thoughts and feelings, our mind and our heart about this present life. And our spirit has to do with the spiritual life that will last forever, eternal life. So although the differences might've been confusing, I hope it helps you a little bit more. And this is why it's important that we understand these differences, these different areas of hope that we have, because they're not all the same. And just because you're healed, in one area, it doesn't mean you're healed in the other. And I don't mean that to like scare you or anything like that, but, but I, I, I'm aware that there's been some erroneous, some false teachings in the church that says if you get saved, everything else is fixed. 
Now, the truth is, that's the biggest thing. You're forever fixed, right? Your sins are forgiven. You've been reunited with, you'll be reunited with your father in heaven. Our sins are no longer separating us from God. But if we fail to understand that there's three distinct parts to who we are, our spirit, our body, and our soul, then we'll believe, well, sure, just pray the prayer of salvation, pray a prayer of repentance. And then we wonder, well, why am I still getting sick? Oh, we pray the prayer of salvation, we repent of our sins, and then we wonder, why am I still dealing with childhood trauma? Why am I still dealing with lustful thoughts? Because they're different. But the good news is, because of Jesus, we have hope for healing in every area of our lives. So number three is the most important because it's the one that will last forever. But the forgiveness of sin is not the same as our body being healed. We understand that. It makes sense to us. Most of us would say, we understand that just because you're a Christian doesn't mean you can't get the flu. We know people that that are living right, they're on fire for God, whatever the phrase you want to use is, they're a follower of Jesus, and their physical body could still receive a cancer diagnosis. Because getting saved, being forgiven, your spirit being healed forever is not the same as your physical temporary body being healed. And it seems like we very readily accept that truth. Even as we say, we've got prayer partners and we're gonna pray for you. You turn in a prayer request. You're acknowledging, yes, I've been forgiven, but I know I need a healing in this area. And yet when it comes to this different part, the matter of our soul, A matter of inner healing, it seems we've either ignored it because we don't know about it or skipped over it because we just don't know what to do with it. And the truth is the same way that our body might still need healing, even if we've been forgiven our sin, sometimes our thoughts and our emotions still need a work of the Holy Spirit. We're on our way to heaven, we've been forgiven, but we've still dealt with some junk or some junk has dealt with us. And we need to be made whole. But I believe because of Jesus, we don't have to live with any demonic stronghold or impact or trauma that's there, right? Ephesians 4, this is what he says. Put off your old self. Be made new in the attitude of your mind. To me, when I read that verse, I can't help but think that sounds like do something beyond pray for the forgiveness of your sins. He says, put off the old self, be made new in the attitude of your mind. What was Paul telling the church in Ephesus? There's more. It begins, yes, with salvation, but there's more that you need to live free from. You need to live changed and transformed from. And so you need to be made new in the attitude of your mind. So we shouldn't be surprised that even after praying the prayer of salvation that we struggle with thoughts and habits from a lifetime of sinful patterns that we develop before meeting Jesus. So let me help you. I gotta wrap this point up and move on to number two because then we're gonna pray for each other. um, If you're here and you're like, Pastor, I've got some struggles in my life. If you're married to that struggle, don't look at them. But I'm just saying in any area... You don't need to raise your hand, but on the inside, if you're like, Pastor, I, I'm, I'm forgiven, but I've still got some struggles. I'm still dealing with some stuff from my past or some things, you know, in my family. We want to help you. 
We, we, we've got a ministry for you. Like it's called prayer counseling and deliverance. And I just wanna say it's for you. It might also be for the person you're seated next to. It might also be for the person that didn't come today or watching online, but I'm just telling you, friend, it's for you. You could go to our website, you go to our app, uh, click on prayer and care and then prayer counseling and deliverance. There's also a card I just found out today. It says prayer counseling and deliverance right on it. And there's a QR code. I think Pastor David's gonna have a QR code to go to heaven, by the way. He wants you to use a QR code for everything, but that's helpful. So whichever way you wanna sign up for that, if you're like, Pastor, I'm still struggling with some stuff. We believe you can live free from everything that the enemy had designed for you. But you, you gotta make that choice. That's what Mark shared yesterday at Men's Breakfast. We all gotta make a choice. Do we wanna stay in bondage? Do we wanna stay in things that are holding us down and back? Or do we wanna get up and make a choice to do something different? And we got lots of men and women trained to help you live free from every stronghold in your life. Can I get a good amen? So I'm telling you, because of Jesus, we have hope for inner healing. Let me just say it explicitly. You don't have to stay held down by things in your past. You don't have to stay in bondage any longer. You don't have to live with night terrors from the trauma you've experienced. And there's people all around you here today that are living testimonies of powerful deliverances from dark forces who now can enjoy every day because they've experienced inner healing. Amen. So take advantage of that today. Number two, there's also hope for physical healing, which hopefully you've already written down, but let me give you these verses. Luke chapter six, this is talking about Jesus. Verses 18 and 19, it says, everybody who had come to hear him came to be healed of their diseases. Now notice this, it says, those troubled by impure spirits, impure spirits were cured and the people all tried to touch him because his power was coming from him and healing them all. The truth is I could have used this verse for point one and two because here the, the, the writers through the leading of the Holy Spirit are separating two different types of healings that were taking place. People were delivered from impure spirits. They were cured in Jesus' name and also people were being healed. How many of them? All. <laughs> Say all with me here this morning. It wasn't just the five people that Jesus liked the most. It wasn't just the five people that got the closest to him. It wasn't the five people that gave the most in the offering. It wasn't the five people that were rooting for the Vikings. By the way, we're not losing today. We're also not playing, but we ain't losing. <laughs> Come on, Jesus was healing them all. Now, why would the writer separate and give points to, they were also people who had impure spirits and they were being cured because there's a difference and I believe he wants to heal us from them all. Physical problems and also emotional soul matters. Pastor Vicente preached a message on that in February. If you want to go back and look, what's the matter? Talk about matters of the heart and uh, matters of the spirit. Um, but we've been praying for you. So physical healing obviously has to do with your body. This is the point that probably needs the least amount of explanation for you to understand. Hope for physical healing. And as soon as I'm done teaching, in a few minutes, maybe a number of minutes, we're actually gonna pray for you. I've been fasting and praying for you that God would do a work in your life, in your body. Been hearing so many reports of different people in and out of the hospital, doctors wondering and questioning what's going on. And we're gonna pray for you. Men and women here full of of faith and gifts of healing. We're going to pray for you before we leave and believe that God is going to do a work in your body today. 
Mark shared yesterday at men's breakfast how uh, one Sunday he came in, had fallen down, broke a bunch of bones, short summary, right? And uh, wheeled in a wheelchair, had a crutch to try to help him come forward, was gonna pray in six weeks, four weeks, and then it was like six minutes. And, and he walked out of this place completely healed with his own power, his wife carrying the crutch, somebody else wheeling the wheelchair. Things happen every week right here at Celebration shared testimony that it might be an inner healing, might be a physical healing, but there's also eternal healing, the forgiveness of sins. Every week, not some weeks, every week, people are being healed right here at Celebration. Every week, there's not been a week this year that God hasn't healed somebody, set them free, changed their body, forgiven their sins, saved their spirit. And I want you to know today can be your day as well. And we're going to pray for you and believe in that regard as well. Well, I love this account of people coming to Jesus. It says they were all being healed. They had impure spirits. Those were cured. And then he was also healing them all. People were pressing in. And it was, this is not limited to just a couple people. And the same is true for us today. It's not going to be, do you get up front? We're actually just going to have you stand where you're, you're seated. And we're going to come and pray for you right there. Because the power for God's healing is not in where we're praying, but who we're praying to. And in a moment, we're going to believe that God's going to do a work in your life. Or maybe you want to stand in the gap for somebody here today. A few weeks back, Scoreboard Sunday preached that message titled A Duth, right? It's a testimony. The Hebrew word for testimony means God do it again. Some of you were here that week and you remember the rest of you. Now you'll know because you're going to hear a lot about that word A Duth on a repeated basis for me. God do it again, with the same power and authority. That's what we're believing. Even as Mark was sharing yesterday, and I'm going to share about in my life, then we're going to pray and believe for that very thing, that God would do it again with the same power and authority. It's the Christmas season, and it also involves a lot of birthdays in the Ross family. So during this, between Thanksgiving and Christmas, we've got my dad's birthday, my brother-in-law's birthday, uh, my niece's birthday, my wife's birthday, my daughter's birthday, my son's birthday, my mom's birthday, and Jesus' birthday. Mine's May 3rd, so I don't really fit in, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Even my sister was born on Easter, which is not between Thanksgiving and Christmas, but it's a holiday. I'm May 3rd, so I have tacos. Cinco de Mayo, I guess. I don't know, but I do like tacos, by the way. Um, I already said that. That's okay. Um, so we have a lot of, we have birthdays and Christmas. And so that means for a couple months when our kids are saying like, oh, I want this, we just, it's a default thing. We just say, put it on your list. Put it on your birthday list, put it on your Christmas list, put it on your list. A, it helps my wife figure out what she's buying for all of us. Cause I'm just as surprised as they are when we open our gifts together. I'm like, what did we get you? Let's find out. This is awesome. Um, unless she orders it off Amazon, then I see it, you know, but um, it includes, anyway, never mind, enough about me. Uh, but it also helps us figure out, they're like, put it, we say, put it on a list, like what you want the most to the bottom. What we're trying to say is just because you write it on your list doesn't mean you're going to get it. But I'm so thankful because uh, we're like operating with a budget. We're not going to owe money on birthdays or Christmas after it's over. So we're just going to be wise and smart with our deal. And then if it's really expensive, we tell our kids, put it on Poppy's list. <laughs> That's my mom and dad. Welcome. Thanks for watching. They're in Hawaii right now suffering for Jesus and buying my kids gifts. Thank you. But aren't you glad that we don't have to worry if our God can afford the list of needs that we have in our lives? 
It didn't say that Jesus healed the needs, you know, that you know, when he ran out of money, he couldn't meet any other needs. No, Jesus could heal them all. And we don't have to worry if our God, our heavenly father is going to give us a good gift when we ask, or even, you know, the Bible says he knows what we need even before we ask. But there is something powerful about asking him specifically, this is the need. That's why when we pray with one another, we say, just say your name and your need. Some people give way too much info, by the way. This is, I'm helping our prayer partners out in this moment. You don't have to give your whole life testimony requesting prayer. You could just be like, my name's Derek and my foot hurts. Then we can pray. You don't have to explain that you were biking, but then it was raining and you should have worn different clothes and then your foot slipped because a car came. We don't care. I mean, we care, but we don't have time to listen to your life story. Just name and need and we'll get to praying. Some people think the efficacy of the prayer is tied to the specificity of their explanation. And it ain't true. My name's Derek, my foot hurts, let's pray. Okay, that's gonna help everybody in a moment. But we believe God can do it and will do it again with the same power and authority. But there's people with testimonies all around. Mark shared yesterday at men's breakfast. I, I don't share these that often about my own life, but it was uh, 20 years ago last month uh, that I had received a healing in my body from throat cancer. It had been the summer of 2003. Uh, I was 21 years old and I'd been to the doctor a number of times. They couldn't figure out what was going on. I lost 40 pounds over the course of a month and that was 30 pounds lighter than I am today. So that means I was 70 pounds lighter than I am today, which means you could tell I was sick. I'd sign up for about 20 of that right now, but I'm just saying, you could tell. And finally went to one final doctor at uh, Overlake Hospital in Seattle. And uh, it was a bacteria and disease specialist after just seeing a bunch of things that couldn't use, you know, these veins in my arms anymore. I just kind of looked, I don't know how else to say it, but like a drug addict. There were so many marks and things from tests and things going on. And, and this uh, doctor said, well, I have good news and bad news. So I drove to his office and he said, I have good news and bad news. The good news is you're clear as far as my office is concerned. The bad news is you have cancer. Go to the oncology ward across the street. Now, my interpretation, they could have taught him a little bit of uh, bed manner. <laughs> he wasn't used to dealing with people like that, I guess, because uh, I walked over to the oncology ward and they were much more kind. And, oh, we don't really know. We're going to run more tests. I mean, they knew, but, you know, they, they got more bedside training with this. And I called my dad. He was in a staff meeting. I uttered just a couple words because it took my breath away as a 21-year-old. You feel invincible and serving God. I'm in Bible college training to be in the ministry. My parents were pastors. My grandparents were pastors. My great-great-grandparents were pastors. And my great-great-grandparents also helped start the Assemblies of God. It's kind of the only thing I've ever heard of in my family. So I've planted churches, been evangelists. And I called my dad and I barely uttered these words. They say it's cancer. You know, you, you can hear about other people but it's different when you hear it in your own life. And at 21 years old, I began to wrestle with God asking big questions, truly battling suicidal thoughts. I'd been a great kid, had a great life, and yet began to ask, well, if I only have six months to live, what's the point about the next six days? That had been the summer, came to September, first week of October, 2003. They're gonna do one more round of biopsies and start the chemotherapy. And this nurse apologized to my mom 
after it was said and done. She said, I had a son six months younger than yours. And I knew if he had the same condition that your son did, he wouldn't live to be your son's age. She couldn't look my mom in the eye. It was too painful for her. One of my uh, guys that lived on my floor, Wes Dunn, you know, pastors in Los Angeles, he felt like he had a word from the Lord that it wasn't an attack on my life, but it was an attack on my voice. And that, that encouragement let me know, you know, God would bring me through. I didn't really know how. And so I did one more round of biopsies and those doctors in Seattle weren't like fully in, in step with the word miracle or healing. And so when the studies and the tests changed, they said, we don't know what happened. We were like, well, we call that a healing miracle. That's what my dad said. And they were like, well, we don't know what happened. And so he was gonna go back and forth because my dad's stubborn. He's German-Hungarian and his family. So he's like, I'm a stubborn honky anyway. But he said, well, can we just do one surgery? But I, I stand today, 20 years later, still completely cancer-free, thanks to the power of God and healing power in my life. You may or may not have as drastic of a healing testimony like that in your life. It was February 22nd, 2015. I was wrestling with the call of God in my life to, for our family to move here and become your pastor. It was in the second service of our church in North Carolina, about a thousand people, balcony full and people here. It's in the second service, it was during worship and we were praying for people at the altar and leaned over to my wife and I said, my, my arm is numb and tingly on my left side, just split my hand down. I couldn't feel, I'd try to pinch my elbow. I couldn't feel anything. And she said, we well, should have the medical team look. I was like, no. And I walked and prayed for more people. I thought maybe my arm was asleep. I asked her, is that heart attack? I was trying to do the right hand cross. I didn't know what all it was. Came back and I leaned over to my dad. I said, I think something's wrong. I can't feel my left arm. It's tingly. What's going on? He said, you should have the medical team look. I was like, no. <laughs> I said no to my wife. I said no to you. <laughs> And a moment later, I collapsed on the front row, I had a stroke in front of everybody in the, in the room. Medical team pulled me by my belt loops and my arms, pulled me into the back hallway, security and medical carried me there. And thankfully, we shared a driveway with the fire department next door and the ambulance backed out of the building and pulled in our driveway. And then the hospital was three miles away. I was in the ICU for three days. For seven hours, I couldn't utter a sound. I could, never lost consciousness. I could blink my eyes, but, but I couldn't feel anything. My entire body, you know, face had drooped, and, but I couldn't move anything, couldn't feel anything. For seven hours, I couldn't talk, and it was during that time I remembered that 11 years earlier, there had also been another attack on my voice. So this time, I, I, I didn't fear death. I didn't battle suicide. I just didn't know how God was gonna make it work out. My wife had leaned over my bed in the ICU. She's like, you talk all the time. Can you say just one thing now? <laughs> Thought to myself, oh, we got jokes. I'm in the ICU. <laughs> you got jokes about how much I talk? <laughs> the next day I regained movement on one side of my body, two days later the other. And on day three, I felt like God touched my body and I walked out of the hospital we had to sign a bunch of paperwork and there's a lot of those days. Mark talked about this yesterday where we're just signing stuff. On Sunday, they were like, we gotta give your husband TPA, drug, medicine. You gotta sign this away. If he doesn't get it, he could die. If he does get it, he could die. She was like, okay, well, we'll sign it, right? Then we're trying to leave the hospital. They're like, he shouldn't leave the hospital. If you sign it, he could die. I'm like, if I stay, I could die. Like, that's, that's kind of how this works, you know? So we signed and, and I left, but 
for the most part, coming up on nine years later, for the most part, fairly uh, stroke symptom free and able to, I got a little bit more of a lisp, talk a little bit out of the side of my mouth a little bit, but uh, for the most part, here fully healed by the power of God for you. Let me just say, it makes sense when we hear what we think of as a big miracle, but I want you to know God cares about every need, big and small. And it's his same power for you. How many people here you say, Pastor, there's a need in my life. I'm sick in my body or maybe a friend. Is Lewis here today? He's at home. I'm gonna, in a moment, uh, if you need to stand in for a family member, would you just lift your hand? You're, you're here. You're like, Pastor, I'm sick. We're gonna pray for you. If you're able, would you stand up? I'm just gonna ask some of our prayer partners, men and women full of faith, just believers all around you. If there's a need in your life or you're standing in, we're gonna pray for the power of God to come into your life. So you see these people standing. I'm just gonna ask some, some people, if you'd move around, let's put a hand on their shoulder. We're gonna pray for them by name. When people get there, you can say your name and need, but don't, don't feel like a whole explanation is needed. God knows what's going on and it's his power that's gonna change them. And we're gonna pray. I've just been thinking about this all week as I've been praying for you. I know it's only point two and our service is ticking away, but th- this is a moment. We've been thinking about Lewis for a while. Other people, right? There's things going on. We're gonna pray. We, I need some people over here on the side. We still got one standing alone. One in the back. Come on, Phyllis over here. If I could just have a few more people make their way. I don't want anybody standing alone in these moments. Got one gal in the back. Some people here. If you're standing and nobody's yet praying with you, no hand on your shoulder, would you just lift your hand while you're standing? Okay, we got two here, one here. I need one more right in this section. I just want to wait. I want to make sure everybody's prayed for. All right, she's coming right now. And we're going to pray. If somebody's hand is still up, let's make sure somebody gets a hand on their shoulder. Take a look around and we're just gonna pray for them in Jesus' name. Come on, let's just begin to pray. Let's lift up these people. Let's call out to God. Let's pray out loud. Let's just believe that God's gonna do a work right here in this moment. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are the healer. You are the God who heals us. You sent Jesus to pay a price for our sin that we couldn't pay, but included in that price was the atonement for our healing. And so we pray even now for every man and woman that's in need of healing, each child that's being represented by those who are standing in the gap. They're just standing in that place. And so we're coming, we're linking our faith together and we're asking, oh God, do what only you can do. And we pray according to Luke chapter six, that all who came would be healed, that Jesus, your power would go forth right now and that you would heal them all. Jesus is the name that's above every other name. It's greater than the name of cancer. It's greater than the name of arthritis. It's greater than the name of of disease. It's greater than every sickness and disease that people are struggling with here on earth. So Father, we thank you today that because of Jesus, we have hope. We have confident assurance of hope for physical healing. And so we're praying right now for each and every one, even those watching at another time or online right now, God, do what only you can do. We're looking forward to great testimonies of what you've done in their lives, what you've done in our lives. God, would you do in them today? And we thank you for it in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen, 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 amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I got one more point and I'll make it quick but it's so important we wouldn't wanna skip over it. It's that hope for eternal salvation. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. This is the light 
of Christ. John chapter 3 and 16, probably the most famous verse of scripture, including verse 17, for God so loved the world. He loved you and he loved me. He loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal or everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. This one's simple. It's eternal salvation is for your spirit, that part of you that will live forever. This is the most important thing. I'm thankful that you don't have to pick only one, that he wants to heal you in every area of your life, but this by far is the most important thing. Yes, we've got hope for inner healing. We've got steps to help you experience that freedom in your life. Yes, we've got hope for physical healing. We hear testimonies and we pray in faith and we know that's going to happen, but the truth is both of those healings are temporary. We, we understand this. Even for those, when, when you're physically healed, I don't know how else to say this, you still get older. Back pain might come back or something else might happen, right? You can fall. This morning I saw at the end of her service, I got to see Thelma and God's doing a work in her life. I always remember she had fallen, broken her hip. She was so excited to be here and I got to talk to her for a little bit. Uh, so God's doing a work in her. But the truth is, until he takes her home, the truth is she might get sick or might fall or, you know, who knows? That's just called life. So it's a temporary healing. We thank God for it, but it's temporary. An inner healing. How many people know somebody else could do something mean to you? It's not just a a playground bully from your childhood. It's not just something that happened going forward. Somebody else could cut you off in the parking lot and you could just be like, oh, I'm back in it again. Or somebody else could say or do something. The truth is you don't have to fall victim to the same thing in the same way, but other stuff could happen. Why? Because they're temporary miracles. We thank God for them. We celebrate them. We continue to pray for them. But the only miracle that will last forever is the saving of our spirit, the eternal salvation in which we'll live with him forever. The word hope in the dictionary says to cherish or desire with anticipation. I love this one. It says to expect with confidence. I believe you don't have to fear death when your sins have been forgiven, but rather you can look forward. You can expect with confidence that God is going to bless you forever. Now, so many many people are stumbling through darkness these days because they lack the light of Christ. He's more than a candle, friends. He's the only way that we can have hope in these dark days. People are struggling with fear of the unknown and just fear in general. Why? Because they lack the hope that only is found in Jesus. And because of Jesus, he gives us hope. And if we have Jesus, then we can face the unknowns in this dark time without fear because we can expect with confidence that God will come through. Amen? Jesus fills us with hope. I wrote down, you can have hope for today. That your soul doesn't have to stay hurting today. You can have hope for tomorrow. I wrote down your body. He can heal you today or tomorrow or any day after. But most importantly, you can have hope for a better eternity. That that's your spirit, that you don't have to worry anymore. I love this song. And then I'm going to pray. If you're needing that saving of your life, you're forgiven of your sins, that eternal salvation, you'll have that moment. But I love the words of the old chorus that said, Christ is the answer to all my longing. He's the answer to all my need. 
Savior, baptizer, the great physician. Oh, hallelujah, he's all I need. That's the testimony of him in my life, and I pray it is in yours as well. You know, Google and Siri can give you information, but they cannot give you hope. If you Google your ailments and your symptoms, you'll be given pages of information about your troubles. But if you go to the Lord in prayer, you'll be given hope that is greater than any difficulty you face. And so we do have hope because Jesus has arrived. Amen. Emmanuel, God with us. He is Jesus. Our world is suffering without hope. But we can have hope today when our sins are forgiven. I recently heard, I close, we're gonna pray about some upcoming legislation for widespread euthanasia in hopes of alleviating suffering. But the truth is, whenever we pursue man's solutions to eternal problems, we'll always fall short. It's only in Jesus that he will alleviate the suffering that lasts forever. And in him, we can be made whole today. So I hope you sign up you know, for inner healing. I hope you, you, you make mention, if you didn't stand for prayer, you could write it on a card. We wanna pray for you. But if you're not right with God, I pray you leave this place forgiven of your sins. And I, we're gonna walk you through that today. If you, everybody would bow their head and close their eyes here this morning, we wanna pray before we leave for you. If you're not right with God, we've come to this point. You say, there's sin in my life. I, I'm separated from God. Maybe you came because someone in your family was being dedicated. Maybe you came just to see what was going on at Christmas. Maybe you've been coming for a while, whatever it is. It's not about your church attendance, but about your trust in Jesus. And if you're here today and there's sin in your life, you're separated from God. I don't want you to leave that way, but I want you to be forgiven and made whole. I want you to be right with God, not fearing death, not worried about what will happen, but know for sure that when you die, you'll spend eternity with him. Jesus demonstrated his love for you by coming to this earth and dying for you. Paid a price for your sins you couldn't pay, and today you can be forgiven. So in a moment, I'm going to count to three and ask you to lift your hand boldly. I'll recognize it, and you can put it down. We're going to pray together. Everybody's going to pray together, and we're going to celebrate this greatest miracle of all, you being forgiven of your sin, that most of us in the room, most watching online have already uh, received this great gift, but today you can receive it as well, and we're going to pray for you. So if you're here and you're not right with God, but you do want to be, You don't wanna wander in darkness anymore. You wanna receive the light of Jesus Christ. You wanna be forgiven today. I'm gonna count to three and you can lift your hand and we're gonna pray with you here today. If that's you, one, two, three, just lift your hand. Yeah, sure, sure. Waiting in a moment. Yeah, there's hands all over. I'm gonna ask this, you can put it down. I'm gonna ask everybody to pray this prayer out loud. Maybe you're watching online, whatever it is. I'm gonna ask everybody in the room. This isn't just for those that raise their hand, but we're all part of the family of God, welcoming these people, joining his family here today. And so we're gonna pray together. Let's pray out loud. Say, dear Jesus, here's my life. I give it to you. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for forgiving me. And thank you for making me new. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen, amen. Come on, can we thank the Lord here this morning for that great miracle today. We hope that you learned something from this message and are able to apply it to your life. If you gave your life to Jesus for the first time or the 10th time, reach out to us on Facebook or 
email us at info at celebrationchurch.net. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you again next week.